but man, it's got a thick white head on it. And welcome everybody to the beer, the bourbon, and the balderdash. The balderdash. How's it going, Johnny? Johnny in the other side of the country. It's good. It's funny. Every time, every so often when we do our little intro thing, it makes me feel like we're on a morning radio show. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Cracks me up. (laughs) I don't have all the cool sound effects. (laughs) I never wanted to be that guy, and now I feel like I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) It seems to fit. Yeah, it does fit. Well, we need excitement. We got to get people jazzed up about our show, man. Got to get them excited. Is that what people want? Yeah, they want excitement. Yeah, they want. We should do a Twitter. I mean, an X poll. An X poll. No one calls it X. Stupid. Somebody does. Yeah. It's not even registered. If you go to X.com, it doesn't take you to Twitter. You go to Twitter.com and it takes you to X. It's pretty funny. Is X.com something that I shouldn't look up on my work computer? Well, triple X, you should not. Or try it. Who knows? Nah, I don't, not worth it. Who knows? I got our, uh, so for uh, this episode, we're going to do a a balderdash word. Ready for the ball? You have to, you have to guess what the word means. Are you ready? I am. Pilo erection. Pilo erection. Pilo erection. Uh, Is, is that when you build a bridge over water? No, I get where I get where you're going with that, but no, <laughs> I have no idea. <clears throat> Pilo erection. I'll tell you at the end of the show. All right, oh, <laughs> teaser. It's a teaser. Hi, Keep you going on. Hi, Trina. Hey Trina, thanks for joining the chat. Oh, Trina's in there. Nice, Trina. Uh, do you know what pilo erection means? Wrong answers only. <laughs> <laughs> pilo erection. What's pilo? Pilo. Is that when dough rises? Pilo. No, that's not when dough rises. Oh. <laughs> that's funny, though. <laughs> like the, the technical term yeah. for a pastry rising. I understand. No, 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 not that. <laughs> not that. But Johnny, what are we drinking tonight? Let's get to the beer while we well, let's, contemplate let's pilo erections. It. Yeah, I think this, I think you're right in our, in our pre uh, podcast chat. That this is be our second cigar city beer. Is this the Indian Pale Ale? Uh, the Indian Pale Ale. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way because I know how much you love the IPAs. I love it. <laughs> so I've never had this before. Yeah. Jai Alai, I think is how you pronounce it. Jai Alai. Uh, the merry game of Jai Alai provides inspiration for the citrus forward Indian Pale Ale with notes of clementine, orange peel, and Caramel malt creating an IPA that's both bold and approachable. Jialai. Jialai is a sport involving a bouncing ball off a walled in space by accelerating it to high speeds with a handheld wicker sesta. Oh, yeah. Jialai. This decade was so popular in the 80s. Was it? It was like in movies and shit. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember now. Nice. It's probably a New England thing. There are a bunch of weirdos over here. Might be a New England thing. Yeah, I remember in the 80s, they used to play this a lot. And it's uh, so any popular questions after searching Jialai stats. Do they still have Jialai in Florida? How do you score in Jialai? How much does a Jialai ball cost? A Jialai. That's funny. Let's see. There is a World Jialai League. Is there? It still exists. There's also a Wikipedia page, so you know it's official. Uh, the court has walls. That's very exciting. Uh, yeah, that's good enough. I've learned all you need to know. <laughs> so it's actually, if you've ever played, um, like there's like a, a lawn game you can get where you have like a big scoop and a ball and you play catch with it. Yeah. It's basically that except with like a wicker thing okay. on your, on your hand. They have a better description on it than the Wikipedia page. Jialai actually is a Spanish game. Oh. That's native to the Basque region of Spain. And it became popular in the United States as a betting game in Florida and lost popularity. It doesn't say this on the Cigar City site. I read this on the Wikipedia site, but it lost favorability because of other betting options that came out. So it was really like built up based on gambling. Okay. So anyway, uh, let's see. 
the oh the court's called Frenton that is native to Florida. Jailai IPA is bold, citrusy, and balanced IPA that involves six different hot varietals used generously in a seven point five percent ABV beer. All right. Mm-hmm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Things about the game. Florida notes of orange and peel and things. Okay. Let's try it. Let's do it. All right. My can feels very, very hot. Full. Like it was like under a lot of pressure. It's supposed to be full. That's the way they do it. Yeah. If it was half full, you'd be disappointed. I'm going to taste it now. You ready? I don't know. But it looks really pretty. I mean, it's cloudy, it's hazy, but man, it's got a thick white head on it. It's just been like, it's like hanging out there. Do you see that? Is it like a pilo erection on it? It is like a pilo erection. <laughs> you don't even know what that word means. No, I don't. Okay, here we go. Right. I'm going to taste it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's actually nice. Ooh, that's bitter. Yeah. Sweet. Good hot flavor. It's sweet in the front. I like it. Bitter in the end. Then it gets sweet again. You can you can tell it's it's a big beer. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, like, I can't drink a like lot a of it. AP. So now oh, I've yeah, been on keto for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I've lost three pounds. Not a kid. That's it. Three pounds is three pounds. I know. I know. I don't know what that means. I think tomorrow I'll gain it all back. You're just um, gonna take a. You're gonna take a big old poop one of these days, and you'll be like ten pounds lighter. Yeah, I don't feel like I got a poop. I feel very like unbloated. But I haven't had a beer in uh in that time except for on our podcast, and I only had that sip so I could taste it. That's it. Mm. So, like, does it to- totally ruin you? Look at that. So I just put my finger in it, and it's just hanging out there. That's Ooh, the head. That's a lot of foam. I, fi- I fingered the head. Um, <laughs> it's just, a, it's it's good. Oh, man. It is like, it just tastes like eating hot flowers. Is it really? There's almost no malt in just the, in just the head. Ooh, yeah. Yikes. It's very, very strange. Nice. Um, So, like, if you had one beer, does it just, like, ruin the whole thing, and you have to start over? Is that the deal? It's just a lot of carbs. So it's just, mm. it's not great. Yeah, it does. It should, kind of resets. Should we do a, a Michelob Ultra next time? A low-carb beer? No, I, I can take a sip. I just can't drink the whole thing because it's when you drink the whole can is when you muck it up, right? But if you have a sip of it, it's not going to hurt anything. Got and it. then for like uh, straight whiskey, if you drink straight whiskey, it doesn't turn into sugar in your body. It turns into ethanol. The problem is, is that you don't lose weight when you drink on keto but it keeps you in ketosis because it's all about your liver and what your liver has to basically process, right? Mm. So if your liver is processing all the ketones, uh, then that's great because you're burning fat and you're not losing muscle and blah, blah, blah. If it has to contend with alcohol also and sugars and all that stuff, then you're not in ketosis anymore. And I have been in like nutritional ketosis because I take my blood every day on a little monitor. It's a whole stupid thing, but I'm really trying to give this a good try because my doctor asked me to. So I'm really, really being strict, watching what I eat. I'm keeping uh, track of it on my fitness pal. I'm taking my blood every day. My glucose has been fantastic. I've never really had a problem with that. And um, I've been in like nutritional ketosis, but not like in ketosis and in, in like a, a one point or more, one to three, where you're probably really, really burning fat. And I'm exercising basically every day. So I don't know. My body hates me. Maybe it takes me three weeks. Maybe it takes me a month and then I'll start seeing it. But I'm just giving it a good try. All right. Well, I believe in you. <clears throat> Thanks, man. My doctor says I should go on a Mediterranean diet. Oh, yeah. Which which is vegetables, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts, olive oil. So have you done that? Uh, clean proteins. Uh, no. <laughs> it's been pizza and hamburgers. Uh, let's see. The main steps to follow, blah, blah, blah. Each week. Blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't eat that different than this now. I think my demise is uh, cheese. Yeah. And like condiments. Love mayonnaise. Oh, then you would like mm-hmm. keto because you're going to have all the mayonnaise and cheese to your heart's desire. Yeah, but I'm not allowed to have other things that I really like. Yeah. Well, honestly, after the first week, I don't actually desire carbohydrates. I don't ex- desire sweets anymore. Mm-hmm. So those things are positive. I'm not sitting there going, damn, I really would love like a, you know, like a sandwich. Or I'm not thinking, oh, I want candy. I'm not thinking those things anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times at night because I have some nightly rituals um, 
that involve uh, tortilla chips and whatever <laughs> I can load onto tortilla <laughs> chips uh, that I don't do anymore. But that to me seems like that's more bored habit eating than it is. I'm yeah. hungry. That's a big one for me is that habit eating that like, mm-hmm. I just want to snack on something. Yeah. Um, so I kind of do a loose interpretation of intermittent fasting. Yeah. And it's really just like after eight o'clock, I just don't eat anything. That's what I've been doing. I've been just going to bed and reading. Yeah. And I really feel like uh, this has kind of helped me because I felt like I've been a little out of control in my life. Like uh, not having, <clears throat> how do I put this? Not, not being uh, strict in my life, not being like, I've been too loosey. Like I, I haven't been diligent in certain areas that I need to mm. be diligent in. Like I keep up a pretty good exercise routine. Um, I do fast. So I try to do like a 12 to 14 hour fast every day, but I've been, I was staying up later watching nonsensical TV and feeling like, why am I up? Um, when I know there's like books and stuff that I've been meaning to read, why am I not reading that? You know, so stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, and there's stuff around the house where I'm always like, Oh, why didn't I just go work on that? Or why didn't I just go fix that? Um, so I've been trying to be more diligent in, uh, creating, uh, kind of centering myself on like the things that are most important. I've been, I've been playing around with things that have not been as important anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to really refocus all that. I, I felt yeah. a little out of control. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. That's great. Yeah. So hopefully it goes well and, you know, taking charge of what I'm eating and stuff like that, not just eating whatever the hell um, is, you know, it's kind of empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's times when I'm like, Oh, you know, like cake, you know, I've been doing this since Dana's birthday at the end of August. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. she brought home a German chocolate cake that her friend made. And I was like, oh, <laughs> dang it, Dana Joe. I know, but I didn't eat did it. it. To have the, did it have the coconut frosting <clears throat> on it and everything? Yeah. And, you know, they make sweets for keto, like keto peanut butter cups and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. like high in like coconut oil fat mm-hmm. um, and unsweetened chocolate and all that stuff. And I think that's kind of sabotaged me. Um, cause I'll eat them and I'll be like, well, that's great. And it's net carbs is like two or whatever. And I'll only have like one or two, but I still feel like my body's like, that's not what you need right now. So I've cut mm-hmm. those out. And that's when I started seeing like improvement in weight loss. Yeah. Good. So we'll see. It's all kind of figuring out what your stupid body's all about. And, but I do know something that my body really loves and that is whiskey. You see the mm-hmm. transition I did there. That's uh, very smooth. Thanks. Nobody saw it coming. Smooth like this rye whiskey. Now, this is a heavy rye whiskey. It's actually pretty uh, hot, if I might oh, say. Yeah, yeah I so haven't this had is, it before. So. Yeah, this is uh, Skip Rock Distillers. Uh, they're out of Snohomish, Washington. The lady that Dan and I, so Dan and I went up there. Um, we did a tasting. Uh, real cool place. Got a little tour of the distillery because it's one of those places that has like a distillery in the back. So they only have a couple stills. Um, and the lady there was really nice. The hostess that was doing all the pouring and stuff. Uh, so this is a, uh, straight rye whiskey tonight. It's a 63.15% alcohol by volume. So that makes it 126 proof. Cool. So this is a big whiskey and this is barrel proof. So this is, comes right out of batch 13 and this is bottle 58 of that barrel. Bottle 58. Yep. So, yeah, and they're just a little, they're just a little guy out in Snohomish. Um, but, you know, they've won awards. Uh, in 2022, their rye whiskey got the Sip Northwest Magazine Platinum Medal. Uh, they also make Ooh. rums and liqueurs. Um, in uh, 2021, their rye whiskey won Beverage Tasting Institute Gold Medal. And their Barrel Proof, the one that we're going to have here, uh, won their gold medal. Uh, for barrel proof rye whiskey at 90 points. So this isn't uh this isn't a bad one, but it is a big one. So we're gonna pop it and we're gonna lock it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't have any problems with those bottles getting over, did you? Nope. Well I didn't bring them all. That's all another story. I decided not to check a bag this time. Oof. But I brought I brought three small ones because I'm I'm coming back in two weeks. Oh, you're going to be back in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, that's a, that's another story. But I'll be back in two weeks, so we can do another one live. Uh, okay. That following week. Okay. Well, I'm on vacation for a couple of weeks at the end of September. 
Oh, well, so when are you back? Uh, it'll be two weeks. Uh, gosh, dang it. Uh, next week I fly back on Friday. The 22nd you fly back? And then that, yeah. And then that following week I'll be back in Seattle. So like the 25th or whatever that day is. So the Wednesday would be the 27th. So you're back on the 25th? Yes. So I'm, and you leave when? Uh, that following Friday, the 29th. So it's a short trip because we're flying over. I'm actually flying to Boise to help um, our our friends uh, Katie and Gary move their mom to Seattle. Okay, are so. you you're paying to fly to help someone move? Yeah, what a guy. Well, they're wonderful, dear friends, and we always talk about how how um, you know, like everybody's a little quirky. They all have their things, but I've never, I I won't say never, but there are few people on this earth that you truly believe are 100 percent non judgmental of you. They yeah. just accept you where you are and don't try to be anybody they're not. Uh, and I really love them for that. Like, I know they would do anything for us. And uh, they've been a really good, bright spot in our lives, especially like um, we have some similarities in the way our family dynamics are, where uh, Gary is um, Zach's stepdad, um, Katie is Zach's bio mom. And, you know, there's like some complications in the way that the dynamics work. And mm-hmm. so he and I, um, have a lot of conversations about and, and, and have bonded over a lot of those conversations and they're just really great people. So, so we're happy to go there and help them. Excellent. All right. Well, I think I'm gone. I know I'm out of town from, uh, I, I just won't be back till the 26th. So maybe we can do something 27, 28, 29th. If you're in Seattle around that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll do a live thing. Yeah. I think Helen and I fly back on the Thursday night. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Anyway, this is podcast gold. Podcast gold. No, it's good because, you know, I actually have people that listen and they want to call in, but their schedules never match. Then you and I have, we, we used to be Thursdays all the time and then we're Wednesdays all the time. And, and so, but lately we've kind of been all over the places. There's summertime stuff and moving pieces and stuff. So well, do you know what I would really like to do? What's that? Taste this whiskey. Yes, me too. So let's <laughs> give it a good sniff. <laughs> that was a sidebar. And it's potent. Ooh. A lot of alcohol yeah, but, in the nose. Uh, like, it's not it's not quite as much as I would have expected at 126. Yeah. Spicy, I mean, it's though. still pretty strong. Spicy, yeah, for sure, but it does smell nice. Yep. It's got that nice rye smell to it. Mm-hmm. It's big. Um, almost almost like uh like spearmint, like that yep. effervescence or yep. eucalyptus. Yeah. Like eucalyptus. And it's sweet, got a sweet smell to it. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. That's had some heat to it. Oh, that went right up my nose. (laughs) It's a big punch in the... I'm trying... Uh, (laughs) I took my breath away. That's such a big punch in the face, man. I would love to say I can handle a big... uh, a big whiskey like that, big rye like that, but who that is a lot. That's, that's like a sip for a long time. Maybe, maybe needs an ice cube. Yeah. It'll definitely need an ice cube. I'm going to put a little, a couple drops of water in it. See if that helps. That's a good idea. I don't have the fancy water. I'll just drink it straight. It tastes good. Like a lot of times these ones that are just super big, just, they they just taste bad. I think we had an iron root from that 12 days of uh, Texas whiskey. Mm-hmm. That was about this proof. Yeah, Remember, we couldn't even taste anything. It was yeah, so it was just hot. Yeah, it was just hot. But this has all the great rye flavors to it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, what you pick up on the nose is kind of what you get in the mouth. Nice and kind of that spearmint, that great kind of minty rye flavor. Hoo-wee. It <laughs> lingers in the mouth, though. Mm-hmm. This is not one you would want to sip on if you're trying to hide your drinking. <laughs> It's just going to stick around. No mint can stand. (laughs) I feel like even if you use like mouthwash, you'd still, uh, still just smell like alcohol. Not the, not the, uh, Listerine alcohol either. I took another sip. (laughs) (laughs) That is big, man. Hoo wee. All right. So that is the Skip Rock Distillers. You can find them up in Snohomish. They have, tamer stuff 
Um, I did find their regular <clears throat> rye whiskey, um, not the barrel proof, too tame. I kind of found it almost flavorless um, at that time. And I did have that before we had this. And I think we tried their rum and that was good. Mm-hmm. So they have other things for other people if you don't like uh, rye whiskey. Um, so go check them out. They're up in Snohomish, Washington. Yep. Skip Rock Distillers. The second sip is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like when you know it's coming. Yeah, your mouth is adapted like, to the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know when they you go to the places and they give you just like a, like one sip? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not enough for something like this. Like sometimes it works, but you need that like first cleanse to really taste it you yeah need the second cleanse for the for the follow-up yeah absolutely. it sounds like too based on their website that a lot of their um decisions on spirits came for their love of the local food scene and making cocktails yeah so this might go good in a cocktail i'm trying to think of what kind of cocktail they have uh some recipes here they have a dirty ginger <laughs> mm. a walnut old-fashioned i have a friend that's a dirty ginger do you yeah. Oh, yeah. Dirty I know him too. Yes. Yeah. Dirty He's ginger. a dirty ginger. He doesn't listen to this. Um, a red <laughs> hook and a. He's lake too old. Sunset. He doesn't know what a podcast is. Yeah. What's a podcast? Is that like on the radio? <laughs> hey, did you hear about uh, yesterday the um, Mexican government uh, put out? Oh, 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 put put out a. Um, it showed like these aliens that they had. Did no. you see this? Yeah. No. Was it on ancient aliens? No. They said that they found mummified aliens and, uh, and then they brought them out in glass cases. And they said that they, they don't recognize the DNA on them. And they also contain eggs. And so they showed these aliens this is a, it was found in Peru. This said to be a thousand years old. I kid you not. Uh, the headline is alien bodies with three fingered hands, unknown DNA and eggs inside are presented by UFO expert at Mexican Congress with non-humans found in Peru said to be a thousand years old. So they rolled them out in these glass cases to the Mexico Congress. Is that weird? Uh, yeah, apparently the Peruvian government is, made a similar claim in Peru. That's yeah. That's this. Who brought these 20, out? In t- 2017. Oh, okay. Oh, they date back to 2017 and were found deep underground. Yeah. And so they like these dehydrated things. They look like ET. So they got the long heads like ET and a retractable neck. They have three fingers on, on their bodies. It's pretty weird. Uh, and they're very serious about it. Experts in apparently, Congress, go ahead. Apparently, scientists call bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know. It says, experts in Congress showed apparent x-rays of the specimens and told deputies that one of the beings carried eggs with embryos inside them. They said they had implants of cadmium and osmium metals. And os- osmium is one of the most scarce elements on the Earth's crust and considered the rarest precious metal. Yeah, so one of the things the scientists said is that it seems strange that they would have been able to haul these things out of Peru, uh, something that would be considered a treasure of a nation without Peru having a problem with it or being invited to be a part of it. Yeah, and I think this goes back to the the whole idea that if when a government says these things are true, like now I can distrust it. Like I trust it more when governments are like, no, that's, that's not true. And then that goes back to, you know, our own... Um, our own government uh, creating a website for people to keep tabs on them about UFOs. So here you go. Uh, Juliet Fiera, researcher at the Institute of Astronomy at the National Autonomous University of Mexico, was among those to express skepticism, saying that many details about the figures made no sense. Fiera added that the researchers' claims that her university endorsed their supposed discovery were false. And noted that scientists would need more advanced technology than the X-ray they claimed to use to determine if the alleged calcified bodies were non-human. There you go. And so I don't know. I mean, they could Mummified be they aliens. Could, they could be legit. They could be total bullshit. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody put forward bullshit evidence. Yeah, 
or even claimed that when they found a body that looked weird, that it was an alien, and then it actually turned out to just be a weird human. Yep. Because there are weird humans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, look at us. Yeah, we're weird humans. Mm-hmm. People, for sure. When I when I die in a thousand years, people are going to think I was thin. <laughs> There'll be nothing left. It'll just be bones. I know. There would be no There's fat. Like, It'll all be melted away. Fit. He was probably a CrossFitter. He's like a CrossFitter. Yeah. Look how he's blown out his spine several times yeah. here, here, and here. Broad shoulders and short <laughs> stature. He must lift tires for a living. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So the alien thing is back. Uh, they're talking it about left. it again. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it comes in big waves and then it goes away. And so now our uh, our own United States, it has its own website. I believe it's arrow.mil. Uh, mil. That's a military website. Yep. And uh, now civilians can go on there. It's not up yet, but they're going to put it up and you can look at all the evidence our government has on UFOs. And apparently uh, Mussolini, um, there was an alien UFO crash in Italy uh, back in 39 that Mussolini hid from America. And uh, the Pope at the time ratted him out to the Americans that he had a UFO. And that is said to be one of the first UFOs ever uh captured did you know that so that funny but how do we know where it came from the ufo yeah it's just unidentified we don't know we don't know where it came from yeah i know um and also tim wants to know what your news source is he says wes or really wes aliens what news source do you follow drudge report it's from the it's a link from the drudge report (laughs) the new york post the new york post the inquirer is a good source of truth i love the inquirer that's where you find all the, the true things that everyone doesn't believe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Daily Mail. I but, know. I mean, you, there's video of these guys presenting in Congress, so it's not like made-up news. Yeah, it, like the it actually happened. actually happened. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not saying that these things are real, Tim. I'm just saying that <laughs> they're presenting it as real. And yeah. I'm skeptical, <laughs> which is, which is fair. Yes. Which is fair. You remember, like, I'm not sure when, if I believe any of this alien stuff to be quite honest with you. Sometimes it's like, it's funny. It's like a long, long time ago, somebody presented like proof that mermaids existed because yes. they sewed like a monkey and a, uh-huh. and a fish together or something weird. like that. <laughs> And they're like, Oh, good proof. Yeah. Uh, you could see it down on the waterfront bullshit. at the yeah. old curiosity <laughs> shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's right there. You guys can go look at it. Oh, man. All right. What else? <clears throat> um, in in fun news in Providence, it's pouring down rain. I meant to say this early on. It's pouring down rain and storming here. So there is a real possibility that my power will go out. Really? Um, we had like severe flooding on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Monday. Like, like in Providence, a coastal town, they had to do boat rescues. Which to me is mind blowing. You guys, you, Massachusetts really had six inches of rain. Yeah, we had areas of of Providence got eight inches of rain oh, in a day, uh, and so now it's dumping down rain here too. They think it's going to be two to three inches, but Hurricane Lee is headed right for us. Is it? Are you yeah, going to be out so, of town at the time? Nope, I'm going to be right here in my hundred year old brick building. Oh, is uh, Helen going to be there with you? Nope, she's she's back oh, in Seattle all by herself. Yeah, but that's okay. I have lots of canned beans and and beer. I'll survive. <laughs> beans and beer. This is going to be a gassy, gassy time there. Yeah, I won't even be able to open the windows because it'll be pouring down rain and blowing like 50 miles an hour. That's hilarious. We're actually not even, we're not supposed to get a direct hit. We're supposed to get like the skirts of it. So okay. hopefully it turns out to be nothing. But Maine is going to get a direct hit, they said. so. Maine is? Uh, yeah, it's like going, it's headed straight north. And if you actually look at the, like... Geography is weird because the way we distort maps to be able to make them flat, but like the North new England has a big curve in it. And Maine is like not directly North or completely directly North of Massachusetts. It sticks out from the country, right? Like a handle. Okay. And so it's like going right up the coast and looking to go right into Maine and hopefully everybody's okay. Yeah. Hope so. Is this the, is this from the hurricane? There's like three storms all converging into one. This is the one that was unique because usually, um, they don't grow as fast as this one did. Okay. And it's like, 
I can't remember what it's called. It's something like, like super growth hurricanes. It's something like that, but that's not it. I just totally fucked it up. That's dodo terms for fast growing storms. Fast growing but storms. If it, grows, if it grows more than by more than 35 miles an hour in 24 hours, it's like considered a rare phenomenon of super growth of a hurricane. And this one grew mm. 80 miles per hour in one day. All right. It went from like a tropical storm to a category three hurricane in like 24 hours. Interesting. So it's a, it's a big one. It's cause the oceans are so hot. It's just all the energy that's in the water. It's just fuel for these big storms. Yeah. Well, you haven't been, you haven't been there since you guys, cause no. sometimes every now and then you guys do get big storms up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah you yeah. haven't been there for one. So that's wild. Nope. Oh, apparently 10 years ago, there was two feet of water in the parking lot of our condo. Really? And what floor are you on? I'm on the third. So okay. I'll be fine. Yeah. This building's not going anywhere. That's good. That's good. Excellent. Beans and beer. Here Beans we go. and beer. That's the name of the show, by the way. I need to get one of those little beer. generators so that we can do a podcast during the storm. What kind of beans do you like? Let's talk about this. I like all the beans. Yeah. I love beans. It's, oh, I love beans. One of my like weird things that Hel- one of the things Helen thinks is weird about me is I'll take a can of beans. I like black beans the best. I do too. I do really love kidney and beans. And ref- refried beans. Mm, refried refried beans. beans too. Um, but I'll take a can of black beans mm-hmm. and dump hot sauce in it and just eat them cold right out of the can. The spicy black beans. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I think I have to have mine heated. Helen thinks Hel- Helen's the same way. She's like, it's weird that you like to eat cold food. I'll eat cold chili. Yeah. I'll eat leftovers cold. Like yeah, I don't care. You're basically a tramp at this uh-huh. at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm a garbage disposal. Like, <laughs> hey there, pal. Where heaven. are you headed? I'm gonna go get this. Uh, sit on this steam train here, and we're gonna <laughs> go uh, across the country. You got <laughs> your beans. Got your stick with your handkerchief with your beans inside of it. That's exactly what I do. You got your top hat where the top of it's ripped open and kind of yeah, looks like a can of beans itself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. My polka dot handkerchief. Yeah. You look fancy, but everything's tattered. <laughs> yeah. What's the song? King of the Road. Yeah. That's a good song. <laughs> that's a great song. That's John. You should be that for uh, Halloween and just walk around with a cold can of beans, just eating beans all night long. <laughs> just, oh, my God. Drinking beer and eating beans. Beer and beans. Yeah. And, you know, you are, and just kind of shave poorly. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, so I look like I have mange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slept with a woman that was unclean. What beans do people like best? Let's ask. I'm not asking Chad GPT, even though I could. What beans would you recommend for someone who does not like beans but would like to eat them? <laughs> <laughs> Jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason why you like beans so much is because you wash it down with beer. It's beer and beans. I don't actually eat them together on the regular. <laughs> oh, I just really I like beans. I like a like some people get black bean burgers because they're like, well, I don't want to eat meat, so I'll do a black bean burger. It's mm-hmm. like a meat substitute. I like black bean burgers because I like black bean burgers. It's not because I'm anti meat. I just like a good black bean burger. I think I like the way they taste. But they shouldn't call it a burger. They should call it a sandwich. It's really more like a black bean sandwich. You like beans. I, I like beans. <laughs> you like white beans? No, I'm not racist. Ham and white ham and white beans. Jesus Christ. Navy beans, buddy. Navy beans. Yep. Uh, most, oh, go ahead. That's the most popular bean. No, I don't know. It's a, um, I'm about to ask. Should we ask? Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get this. Uh... This is really this is a terrible episode. I'm sorry. No, it's a great episode. <laughs> we have to we have to get her up going here. Chat GPT. Pinto oh. beans. There we go. Okay. Chat GPT. Uh, it says that the uh, some types of beans are generally popular and widely enjoyed the most. In various cuisines around the world, kidney beans are most commonly used in dishes like chili and popular in many Western cuisines. Black beans are often used in Latin America and Caribbean cuisine, including dishes like black bean soup and rice and beans. Pinto beans are a staple in Mexican cuisine (laughs) and are used in dishes like refried beans and burritos. Garbanzo beans, which I think is probably Dana's favorite, or chickpeas are versatile and used in dishes like hummus, falafel, and various curries. This is the one you should be oh, eating. Falafel? 
I like garbanzos. Yeah, that's Mediterranean. But then you, but then you mix it with tahini <clears throat> and <throat> put it on pita bread. No, you have the, you're, you're done now. I actually eat a lot of hummus. Yeah. One of my like when I'm really trying to eat healthy, one of my lunchtime snacks is um, like vegetable sticks in a tub of hummus. There you go. I sit at my desk, just chomping away. Yep. Navy beans are used in American di- classic American dishes like baked beans. Baked beans. I love baked beans. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lentils, uh, they're using a wide range of dishes globally. Cannelli beans, cannellini, excuse me, cannellini, are using Italian dishes like pasta like, e fagioli and minestrone I, soup. That was a, you just totally butchered that one. Yep. Uh, adzuki beans are popular did in say, Asian. Did you say fagioli? <laughs> yeah, I know. What I else am I supposed to say? Like a, it's probably fagioli. <laughs> All right. Well, I say it like it sounds. <laughs> I'm not Italian. No, you're American. You're butchering. <laughs> I'm American. I'll say how I want. Well, Lima beans you in my color are often found in succotash and other. Amer- have you ever had succotash? I've never had succotash. Suffering succotash. I don't think I have, because Looney Tunes made it sound like such a terrible thing. I know. Well, you're suffering. Mm. Succotash, and then uh, mung beans are used in Amer- Asian cuisines for dishes like mung beans. I've never. Ha- I don't think I've ever had mung bean. Soups you, and you sprouts and have, salads. You might not have known it. Yeah, that that could be true too. That could be very true too. Excellent. So that's that's our bean segment for the day. What that's else you got, very, John? Very, very, very <laughs> Related to beans. beans. Do you think do you think beans belong in Chile? Yes. Oh my gosh. I do, yes. Uh, I do too. But they're like I think Texas is one where they're like you don't put beans in Chile. Oh no! It has to have beans. I think so. Beans, beans, and. Chunky tomato and chunky onion and lots of ground beef. Ground beef. Oh, chili. Mm-hmm. I love chili. Mm-hmm. I do too. So good. And I love curry. So I like chicken curry. I like stuff with lentils. Uh, unfortunately, that's not something you can have on a keto diet. Mm. So, Wes, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think uh, the government caused the the earthquake in uh, where was it? Oh, Morocco. In Morocco to distract us from the alien story. No, I don't think our government started that. I mean, we could start that. You want to start that? We can talk about yeah, it. The, the, they used to do <clears throat> space lasers to to create a huge a hundred year earthquake oh. in Morocco. Oh, well, they don't so actually we need to use space lasers. Of uh, according to uh, a guy who actually. Uh, did speak in Congress. I forget his name. He is a he was a firefighter uh, in Antarctica for Raytheon, uh, and everyone knows that Raytheon is kind of like a weapons type manufacturer for the military. No, they just make they just make chips for video games. Yep, chips and uh, like tortilla chips uh, and the Lord's chips, and uh, that they do have a. Uh, an energy weapon. He actually said that it was responsible for uh, earthquakes that they did accidentally, I think in Iran or something like that. Um, but that they do have the technology to do such stuff in Antarctica. And he actually um, went before Congress and uh, and spoke about this. It's pretty interesting. <clears throat> he also says that they can uh, put thoughts into your head so that they have uh, the ability to, uh, with this technology, to nudge you by putting thoughts that you think are your own thoughts in your head to convince you to do certain things. Hmm. Um, he also said that um, he also dispelled, he said a bunch of myths that people have about Antarctica. Like you can't fly over Antarctica. You can, you just can't fly at a certain altitude below 8,000 feet or something like that. Um, and uh, what else did he say? Is that true? I've never heard that before. Yeah. There was some controversy about, it. I hadn't either before he talked about it. It was a short episode on the Sean Ryan podcast uh, with this guy. And so uh, it's part of the disclosure project uh, about aliens that this guy brought forward. uh, Guys that have either worked in the private sector for weapons manufacturers or these companies that work for DARPA. And and then ex-Marines that say that they have seen certain um, like alien aircrafts uh, in different parts of the country when they're called to go help in natural disasters. Um, so, and all of these guys testified before Congress uh, that what they're saying is true and that they were there and that they were witnesses to it and the things that they saw. 
Um, and they're all doing it knowing that they could die because there are, um, like black military op stuff that they do that they take out people or assassinate people in Antarctica. <clears throat> no, it, like no. it wasn't just the Antarctica guy. It was actually a very yeah. interesting, you know, read, I mean, or listen, I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt with these guys, but they, they sound very, very convincing. Um, they, I don't know what they're getting out of it. So it doesn't sound other than notoriety. They're not really getting anything out of it. So no one's paying them. Um, they know yeah, but that some people just like crave that attention where they can be in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. That does happen. Um, Tim, Tim did say that the beans segment is part of why his daughter and I get along so well. She so. likes beans. Apparently so. <laughs> that, that little one is, is uh, I think we talked about her No Parents Weekend that we do. It's his daughter, this one that is a founding member of No Parents Weekend. Yeah. Um, but I just looked it up. So this actually, this is one of those cases where it's like, what's the spin on the Antarctic dome thing? It's like planes don't ever fly there. So it must be that there's a no fly zone. But the reality is there's no reason for anybody to fly over Antarctica. It's not the quickest way to anywhere, but yeah. and people say, well, people fly over the Arctic all the time. Well, there's huge land masses in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. They don't exist quite that way, so it's a lot faster to fly over parts of the Arctic and Antarctica. There's not necessarily that need. There's also a lot more ice storms, and there's a couple of thirteen thousand foot domes. So, mm-hmm. like, not even a mountain range, but just these big domes that stick up um, all over the continent. And so that's why the 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 low ceiling is 13,000 feet. So you don't run into these mountains in yeah. a whiteout. Yeah. So he actually said that's nonsense. People can fly over it if they want to. It's not a big deal. No one's going to get yeah. shit. No one's going to shoot him down no. or anything like that. No, not I, at all. I think but the, you might find the predator. Yeah. A drone. That's where the predator oh, hangs out. Yeah. Oh, a no. predator. Yeah. A predator. Yeah. Also the thing. The, what was the one where they drilled, they went through the ice and they found like an underground, um, Pyramid under the ice. Turns out it was predators. No, no, I don't. I didn't watch. I didn't go that far in any of that stuff. It was properly bad. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds properly bad. Yep. All this stuff happened. um, I think a lot of the controversy about Antarctica started with um, Admiral Byrd, Richard Byrd. He was an admiral that um, went on an expedition into Antarctica uh, back in the 20s. I think it was the 20s. Um, and, uh, he came back and told all about all these things that he saw down there. And, uh, that kind of sparked everyone's kind of imagination of a, of a forgotten territory. And then, mm. you know, you get into world war two and the Nazis were there, they had bases down there. And so people think that the Nazis were doing experiments and stuff like that down there. Like the real weird occultic stuff that, that the Nazis were into, uh, mm-hmm. were done down there and the experiments and stuff like that. So, um, it's sh- shrouded in a lot of um, occultic history and mystery and that people think still happens today. It could. Who knows? Um, it sounds like a great place if you wanted to do some of that kind of testing without people getting suspicious. Um, mm-hmm. You can go down there and, and no one will actually uh, look at that kind of stuff. So, But if anyone is interested, you can look up uh, Admiral Byrd. He did, his, uh, he did, I think, a couple Antarctic expeditions. Um, and there's, you know, video of him, uh, or radio recordings or something like that of him talking about some of the things that he saw, um, that kind of give people a lot of pause. Um, I can't remember exactly what those things were because I don't have it in front of me because I wasn't expecting us to, to talk about this, but, um, there's some good documentaries and stuff like that. Um, so, and then there was operation high jump, which is. I think was one of his expeditions, Operation High Jump, hmm. uh, to explore Antarctica from there. So, so yeah, he did a what lot of inter- a lot of those things. It is interesting. I just it's like with all the things we talk about, it's always worth taking everything with a grain of salt, like where it comes from, what the information is, and like truly trying to understand and making sure it actually makes sense that they would do that. Germans putting a base in the middle of nowhere makes total sense because they did that all the time. Yeah. So, like with your your. Um, comment about the occult they're always looking for things like that they were always looking for ways to experiment or ways to get ahead they believed that a lot of these things existed and so if there was any little bit of a story that they heard about antarctica or the arctic or an island mm-hmm. they would try to go there 
Yeah. And they try to set up a base and research it. They wouldn't tell anyone. Well, one of my favorite Nazi ones were uh, the Dyke look or the bell, which was uh, supposed to be some top secret scientific technology device. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that they would, um, it was like a giant bell that could like affect a whole bunch of uh, different, I guess, frequencies in the area or something like that and mess people up or, uh, I don't know. It's some anti-gravitational was, effect that they thought it might have. Yeah, that thing was on Ancient Aliens, and they talked about it being some sort of like extraterrestrial tech. Yeah, that they happened to come across. Like f- one of the theories <clears throat> that they put out there is like, how did the Nazis advance so quickly mm-hmm. technologically? Mm. Um, like, there's a theory that they couldn't have done it without finding tech that they could reverse engineer. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I think people i think we don't give enough credit to the human species as far as how creative and ingenuitive how ingenuity no inge- how smart we can be <laughs> 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 but uh yeah i like i i just i think it's interesting because it is weird tech and if it did work i don't know so i follow this nuts. guy i think his name is improbable dreamer on Instagram. I like, I like all this kind of conspiracy stuff. Um, I don't just so people understand, I don't subscribe to it wholly. I think it's fun to kind of think about because I think there might be truth that lies within a lot of these things that, you know, you might not have thought of before. Right. So if it's, it's an exercise in thinking outside the box, oftentimes these conspiracy theories kind of help you with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're only thinking very linear about things, if you hear someone's wild idea, about how maybe possibly like we just talked about here, like this, this bell. So we all understand bells. We understand that they're tuned to certain frequencies. There's some science that some frequencies affect the body or that, um, certain music, it were attuned to some certain music or people's tone of voice or how, um, even their cadence of voice were kind of attuned to like, we'll listen to that where someone else might like not like it. There's some research on that. I don't know if anything's mm-hmm. super solid, um, but, um, he talks about the bells of the world. There used to be bells everywhere. And some of these bells were so big, it kind of is unfathomable that how did they get up so high? You know, who could do this? Kind of like the pyramid question, like who would build a bell this big? And there's some photos of these giant bells. And then there was a time when people were destroying bells all over the place. And so there's, he's talking, he talked about how these bells were actually weapons of war at one point in time. Um, and that they were used to cause like a frequency, um, in your enemy and that you could direct the bells frequencies when you ring them. Um, and that they could be tuned to like affect your enemy to make them throw up or make them not want to battle you. And, and we know that our military actually has weapons like that where, they have frequencies. As a matter of fact, uh, I think it was a person in Washington a few years ago at, uh, had a FOIA request for, I forget what they were asking for, but what they got in return was uh, a weapon, uh, a, a schematic, a patent for a weapon from the military. Oh, that's that, right. That and then showed, they were like, oops, that's not what we were <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it was a frequency <laughs> weapon that would make people like throw up or make people feel mm-hmm. sick if they heard it if that makes well, sense like, i mean it's not far-fetched either like yeah. if you've ever been in a car with the window partly rolled down at the right speed oh, you the get that like reverberation yeah that makes me nauseous makes me nauseous too you know and that's like just sound like that's just a wave yeah i mean we can feel it and see it but that like sound is just a wave and it's a wave at a at the right cadence mm-hmm. yeah it can definitely make you throw up mess with your brain and i have anyway. a i have a wind chime in my back yard um that plays a really low bong that I love. And mm. and the the chiny ones, the ones that are really kind of um, ding, ding, yeah, high pitched. I don't like yeah. those as much. I like the bong, that deep one. For some reason it relaxes me. I like listening to it. Yeah. That's like uh like Buddhist, like a like a Buddhist monastery. Oh yeah. Exactly yeah. like it that. It probably grounds you. Exactly like that. Like the I I find the high pitched ones, you know, it's like a screeching baby mm-hmm. you can't do it it stresses me out but yeah the low ones are like they're very soothing like a like a nice wind nice calm wind yeah yeah we should do an we should do an admiral bird antarctica episode soon all right let's do it all right all right so uh 
Well, we're kind of running up on an hour right now. What do you think? Shut it down? Uh, yeah, we're, well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we've been killing it this whole time. We talked about beans and bells. Yeah, beans and bells. Beer and bourbon. <laughs> beans, bells, beer, and bourbon. <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much for listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Thank you for uh, Tim and Trina helping us with uh, our sound on our stream tonight. I got so, one thank you. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Person I work with. Uh, Jordan, yeah, I'm Inti. Uh, he says our logo is awesome, so thanks, Scotty. Nice, uh, huge, huge props for the design. Yep, yep, good. And and thanks for the compliment, Jordan. Yeah, if you listen to this. Yep, and you're not disappointed by the beans talk. <laughs> <laughs> the bean, you know, this is. I had a I had a problem with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the music. I thought about this uh, at one point in time because, you know, I listened to podcasts that are kind of popular on fountain or that, you know, get a lot of feedback, people talking to them. Um, cause I check it and I shouldn't because I'm doing that whole kind of comparison trap thing. Uh, and I go listen to those podcasts and I don't understand why they're popular. Hmm. The, the host is annoying. Um, they, they're, they're talking a lot more nonsense than you and I are. And so I'm just kind of like, I don't, and then I, and then I started thinking like, well, maybe if we do this or maybe if we do that. And then I remember, dude, this is bar talk. Yep. We're not serious. We do it because we like it. We do it because we like it. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. I enjoy this. <laughs> Pilo erection, the word for tonight, oh. the balderdash word. Uh, you want to give it one last, one last Pilo go? Pilo erection. Pilo erection. What does that word mean? That is... When you get aroused after seeing a volcano, <laughs> that's actually not a bad guess. <laughs> uh, the actually—it's the erection of hairs. Oh, goosebumps! Goose pimples. Uh. <laughs> You're getting a pilo erection. Oh, pilo yeah. erection. So yeah, it's good, good to know. And good to know. Next time you get goosebumps, you can say, "Oh, I'm having a pilo erection." Erection. I'm yeah. having thousands of pilo erections. I, I hope you say it in a meeting at work. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to try to use it. And then I'll be back in Seattle. That's right. We're good. Folks, we're a value for value podcast, uh, which means that uh, we don't have sponsorships. We don't do commercials. What we do like is feedback from our listeners and producers, people that help us on our way to uh, making a better podcast, something that you will enjoy even more. But we also wouldn't mind your donations. Um, through Satoshi's, you can do that through Fountain.fm or Podverse. Uh, all you got to do is just set up your own little wallet, uh, buy some Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can just buy it in dollar amounts, and uh, you can send it on us with a little message. You can also email us at balderdashboys at protonmail.com. You can leave a comment there. You can do it also on our website. Um, and uh, you can even leave us a Balderdash mail, and I'll give you the number here real quick. Before my music runs out, that's 360-553-1058. 360-553-1058. You can leave us a Balderdash mail. We'll play it on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Tim's message about Lucy and the beans was cut off. It is true that she loves beans. And he also wants to wonder why Wes is so drawn to conspiracy theories. Maybe that's a whole another episode. Because they're fun. Not the conspiracies, but the why. The We're why. down on a and lay you down on a couch and have a chat. <laughs> you have to say good night first. Good night. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Good night.